And uh, we do so joyfully, we do so gratefully, um, because he uh, first loved us. He, uh, he is the one who expressed that love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We're going to learn uh, much more about that love uh, here this morning in Romans chapter 5 as we conclude this chapter. But before we do, I have a few announcements for you. Uh, first of all, next Sunday, May 23rd, uh, bring your spicy palates because next Sunday is Salsa Sunday. Yeah, so it'll be a, it'll be just a, a wonderful day of enjoying uh, different people's um, salsa and, uh, you know, from hot to mild to fruity and uh, all kinds of salsa. And so that's what's happening next Sunday. So make sure you bring your favorite salsa and share uh, with everyone. We also have a women's conference coming up on Saturday, May 29th. And that is happening from 11 to 2.30. The cost is $25 per person, and it includes lunch. Um, <clears throat> we also have a women's summer book club, which is uh, taking you through Psalms 23. Psalm 23. And you'll be meeting three times throughout the summer. Uh, the cost for that study is $10, and that's for the book. Um, so make sure you stop by the information table and get signed up for that. Now, we also have... Uh, on uh, Sunday, May 23rd. So next Sunday, we have a youth parent meeting, and that'll be taking place at 11 a.m. in the youth suite. So Chad and Jamie will be leading us in that uh, meeting. So um, those of you who are parents of youth ages uh, junior high through high school, uh, next Sunday at 11 a.m. we'll have that meeting. We also have a youth event coming up on Saturday, May 22nd. So this coming Saturday, that's from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So it's a full day. It's a field trip, basically, to Riley's Farm. Um, a lot of different things that you can participate in. So make sure that you go to the information table. Check out exactly what you can sign up for. Um, it's stuff that I would love to participate in. Uh, one is... What is, is it? Is it knife throwing with a balloon like on top? Is that oh, an apple? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Chad said he'll hold the apple. But uh, it, it's just going to be a wonderful time. So make sure you, you see Chad and Jamie or you go to the information table and check out what's happening there. Uh, we also have VBS. We have VBS coming up June 17th and uh, June 18th. So two days. Uh, 6.30 is when uh, it'll be taking place, and it's open to ages 4 through 11. The cost is $15, and you can sign up today. So make sure that you um, uh, sign your kids up, but also we need some additional help. And so if you're available and you're willing, um, come by and sign up for that. Uh, we do have VBS happening, and we need a, a little bit more help um, to get that, to see that through. All right, so with that also, a quick reminder. Uh, we, all of these, uh, Sunday morning, Wednesday study, um, they're all on Facebook Live, uh, YouTube. We also have a podcast, so you can subscribe to that. And the reason why I say that is because we can use that as a tool. It's, um, it's a manner in which we can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I encourage you, if you have Facebook um, you can send this off to friends if you um, just even in, in uh, email uh, or text, you can attach the podcast link or the YouTube link in that way more people get exposed um, to the word of God. And so I would encourage you to do that. 
All right, so if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, we're covering verses 12 through 21. And the title of this morning's message is Death Through Adam, Eternal Life Through Jesus Christ. Death Through Adam, Eternal Life Through Jesus Christ. All right, let's start by doing something we haven't done in quite some time. And I think uh, it's just uh, something we should do this morning. Let's all stand to our feet. <clears throat> all right. And we're going to read. So Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin... And so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the, gra have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of, of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following, following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace... And the free gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but... Where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, we are so thankful. We know that sin and condemnation was introduced by one man, and so all humanity has been tainted. And yet, Lord, you made a way for us to be justified by one man's act on the cross. Well, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I pray this morning that you would make that abundantly clear, that we would be reminded of that love that you have for us. Lord, that you demonstrated it at one point have before and still today. But our Messiah, the Savior, went to the cross willingly and gave up his life for our sake, that we would be able to be redeemed, reconciled unto the Father through the Son. Lord, may grace truly abound in each and every one of us as we receive that free gift that comes through the Son of eternal life. 
And so we commit this time into your hands, Lord. We ask your blessing, and we pray this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. You may be seated. You know, C.H. Spurgeon said, if we have need to lament our sin, how much more to rejoice at our pardon, close quote. How true that is. You know, I think oftentimes, and especially today, there is a lack of remorseful, deep conviction of our sin. There's hardly any lament whatsoever. And yet that is exactly what the Lord desires to see. A lament, a, a conviction, a, an understanding, an acknowledgement of that sin. That as we do so, godly sorrow leads to repentance. Godly, that, that conviction that comes by the Holy Spirit leads to life. Why? Because one comes to a place of repentance, of turning from our sin. But we ought to rejoice even more so as we come to know that pardon in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You know, this morning we will be breaking down what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome. This was regarding sin and death, but also grace and righteousness and eternal life through Jesus Christ. What is known as original sin through Adam is what will be addressed, uh, but we will also be addressing the free gift of God's grace offered through Jesus Christ. As sin comes to all people through one man, and we've known that, we know that to be true. So grace is offered to all people through one man, and we know that to be true through Jesus Christ. The condemnation of sin and death are present in the person who remains in their sin. But grace and the righteousness of Christ is present in the person who repents and turns to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You know, John 3.18 says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. We, outside of confessing our faith in Jesus Christ, of surrendering our lives to Jesus Christ, what we read here in John 3.18 is that we remain as condemned men and women, people who remain in that sin and the condemnation of death and sin that we have come to know through Adam. But the Father made a way. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ was sent to save people from their sin and the condemnation of death. Sin and death through Adam, grace and eternal life through Jesus Christ. So very simply, I want to break this down for us. Um, we can, this is actually, um, you know, the, the, the book of Romans is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome. Uh, but doctrinally speaking, theologically speaking, it's a, we can remain in one section of Scripture for a long period of time. And yet what I want to do is bring clarity to this, bring an understanding to the text that we have, Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21, exactly what does it mean and how is it that we can gain a, a clear and better understanding of what we just read. 
So three things. Number one, death through sin. Number two, life through grace. And number three, eternal life through Jesus Christ. Let's first tackle death through sin. Again, verse 12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Death through sin is what we see here. You know, we left off a couple weeks ago learning how God demonstrated his love toward us by sending his son to die on the cross uh, for the ungodly, for the weak. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The father sent him to do that very thing for you and I. We are the weak. We are the ungodly. And yet the father demonstrated his love toward us by sending his son to die on the cross. You know, the person who repents of their sin and turns to Christ as Lord and Savior is looked upon by God the Father as reconciled, redeemed, justified in Christ through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And it is all done on our behalf. It's done for us. God never overlooks sin. You know, if you ever um, are... Try to someone tries to convince you that uh, love overlooks sin, that is not a godly love. That is not a biblical love. Love does not overlook sin, it deals with it. God dealt with sin head on. He sent his son, otherwise he wouldn't have had to do that. God does not overlook our sin, but rather he dealt with it justly by sending Jesus Christ to pay the penalty of our sin on the cross and through him, the person who believes is forgiven and is saved and has the hope of eternal life and God's glory. A, a salvation from our own condemnation, a separation that is eternal in hell. The sin that is referred to here is the sin of Adam. We know that Adam and Eve in the garden, uh, Eve was deceived, but Adam transgressed with full knowledge. It was through Adam's sin that sin and death entered humanity and has spread to all people. We can all thank Adam, but we can all thank Jesus Christ for his grace. You know, in Genesis 2, 16 and 17, it says, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Of In, that, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And so, <clears throat> um, it's interesting, though, that even with the law, and we're going to get into this a little bit more later, but um, even in the time when everything was perfect and God told Adam of every tree in the garden. Can you imagine? And th this was perfection. This is uh, sin free at the moment. And he told me, you can eat of everything, but just not of this tree. And what did Adam do? He believed Eve. She was deceived, but he transgressed. He his sin was with full knowledge. 
You know, the statement that God made and warned Adam of was a statement of truth. You know, um, the Bible is a statement of truth. A person can debate the Bible all they want, can debate statements, verses, And yet, one day, everyone will indeed fully know that not only this statement was true, but all was true. You know, one way we can know this is true, as we read this a couple times already, is by testing whether people die or not. Have you ever ran that uh, research? Have you ever looked into that? What like if you if you were to go into that and kind of just uh, just do your homework and look into that, what would you think? You know, off the top of your head, the number of people, the percentage of people that in the history of mankind have died, just off just off the top of your head, eighty, oh, a hundred, hundred percent. So since the time of Adam, 100% of people have died, right? Well, this would be pretty strong evidence that God's word is true. That all by itself, but there's so much more. You see, the only person who would be immune from death is a sinless one. You know that no one took Jesus' life on the cross, he gave it willingly. For you and I, though, Romans 3.23 is very clear, and we've gone through this. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10. None is righteous, no, not one. If and since we fall short of the glory of God, then we need to know why and then how we can be saved. That, those are very important questions that we need to answer. The, the why is the sin of Adam and the how of salvation we'll talk about in a few minutes. You know, verse 13 says, For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Now, that verse right there is saying that the sting of death is sin, and it was the sin of Adam that condemned all humanity to death. 1 Corinthians 15.56 says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. Since death was known since Adam and before the law, this was between, and this is what the Apostle Paul wants to make sure that the Christians, the followers of Jesus Christ in Rome knew very well. There was death. Death existed between Adam and Moses. Why is it that death came? Why is it that it existed? And it was because of the sin of Adam. God warned him, and it came about because Adam followed through with what he shouldn't have, and therefore sin spread and death to all humanity through Adam. So then what does the law do? Can the law save? It cannot. 
It is too weak to save. No one can follow the law perfectly. The law, what it does, as we look at the law, it does one thing. It reveals that we are sinners. That's what it does. It reveals that very thing. Romans 7, 7 says, What then shall we say, that the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. Um, if you think about our laws here, locally, you know, if... Uh, <clears throat> If we didn't have posted speed limits, would we know that the limit uh, going down the road is 40 or 35 or 25 or 55 or 75? Would we know that? How would we know? We wouldn't know, right? But then there are laws. And <clears throat> so if you're going 45 and the speed limit's 35 and it's posted and you read it, you become accountable to the law. You know the law. And if you're going above that, you are a lawbreaker. And so we know that the law reveals us missing the mark. We, we've missed the mark of moral perfection. God's laws. You know, the child transgresses freely until the parent tells and trains the child to know the difference between good and evil. Can you imagine... If we just let our kids, if we were to allow, you know, have been allowed to do whatever it is that we wanted, like, hey, just let them go. They're their own person. They'll learn from who? They wouldn't know that they're little transgressors of the law unless mom and dad told them, you're transgressing the law here, buddy. And what that does is it, is it trains up a child in the way he should go. This is right and this is wrong. You know, that's one of the errors in parenting is that we don't teach right and wrong. We don't teach that there is a line that you do not cross. If you cross that line, then you will deal with the consequences. Now, one thing is to deal with them within the home and another thing is to deal with them as a person being fully accountable to God. The law did not make people sin either. The law doesn't make you sin. You don't like the law, we'll take it up with God. The law only exposes sin. That's what that does. Proof, as we see here and we read, proof is that death reigned from Adam to Moses. It exposed that sin that God told Adam would come and death would reign. And it, it and indeed did. Now, sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. So number one, death through sin. Number two, life through grace. Verse 15 
But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many die through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Life through grace. Adam's action, we know, his action brought death. His one act of disobedience brought death. But Jesus' action brought grace, brought eternal life. It is, a, it is described as a free gift. The Apostle Paul refers to it as a free gift. It's that indescribable gift that he referred to it in his letter to the Corinthians. And it is only known through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. A gift is offered. And this is precisely what God does through his son, Jesus Christ. The work is finished. Yes, it is. But then he takes that finished work, and he says, It is sufficient to atone for the sins of the world. And yet you as an individual need to make a personal act, follow through a personal act of repentance and have faith and believe in Jesus Christ in order for that to be known personally and individually. That part cannot be done for you. It has to be received. It's offered, but not all receive it. This is God's abundant grace. Paul points out how much of a contrast God's free gift is uh, as opposed to the judgment and condemnation that is known in Adam. Adam sinned and judgment and condemnation entered into all humanity. We have sinned many times And yet God forgives us and even offers us his righteousness and justification by grace through faith in Jesus Christ who paid for our transgressions. Some people may argue, you know, I'm my own person. Why is it that I have to answer for something that someone else did on my my behalf? What I'm referring to is the sin of Adam. Well, why is it that I myself have to have that sin, uh, really, that I have to answer for that sin? <clears throat> well, they, said, they say that it, it isn't fair to be condemned by the work of Adam. We know that we, we express that we are the sons of Adam, Uh, We sin because we're sinners. We're not sinners because we sin. Uh, We only demonstrate that we're sons of Adam uh, the moment we come into that place to where we are committing sin ourselves. And then we ourselves have fallen short 
and demonstrate that we indeed are not capable of leading a righteous, perfect, blameless life. Because when we fall short of the glory of God and sin is exposed, we have at that moment no way of saving ourselves. We are without hope. It's as if the earth were removed except what is below the feet and death is imminent. I had this picture of the man who desires to stand for himself. And initially, just imagine a man who is perfect, who hasn't sinned. And the earth is below him. And yet in that moment of transgression, in that moment of sin, all the earth around him goes away. And it's a chasm all around him. You ever gone to the um, Grand Canyon? Anyone? A few? It, it is amazing, the depth and the width. It is, you, you come to... Um, a point where you can see and it, and it truly takes your breath away. And for some reason, that, that picture, not the Grand Canyon, but just, just standing on one portion of the earth and everything just disappears like the Grand Canyon all around you. And at that very moment, you're despondent. You are without hope. And death is imminent. There is no way out. For that person, the one who desires to answer for himself, since he says it isn't fair to be sinners in Adam, then it is also not fair to be made righteous in Christ. They choose for themselves and they reject the free gift. And yet we know that salvation can only come through one. That is Jesus Christ. He extends to you that free gift of grace. He has paid you for your sin in full on the cross. I want to address universalism for just a moment. Because universalism is the idea that all people are saved through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Without expressing any faith, without turning to Christ that everyone is saved. It's called universalism. If you haven't heard of it, at some point you may come across that idea, that belief. But if this were true, then no man would perish, but all would be saved. Correct? Verse 17 would be a contradiction to this false doctrine. Because verse 17 says, For if because of one man's trespass death reigned, through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. That is, the, the reception of that grace has already been received, so why even make the statement? Second Peter 3.9 would also be an, an unnecessary statement of truth. Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And so, if universalism was true, biblically sound, 
then these would contradict that idea or that philosophy. If someone, and there are uh, false teachers and false churches that teach this very thing, universalism, and, and they say that they're Christians when they're not Christians. The, these are doctrines of devils. This is uh, Satan's work. He perverts, he twists the scriptures. These are things that are untrue. Because if, this, if it were true, then there's no need to do anything. We simply bask in God's grace and thank him for his salvation. And we can live as we please. And that is not true. He's called us to repent. Jesus, the first time that he, in, in his first sermon, that's the one thing that he preached, and that is repentance. Turn. Turn from your sin and to turn toward God. Believe on Jesus Christ. This would instead read, 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord has saved all, and, are, and all are saved. Whether you have repented or not, you are saved. No need to repent. And that's not what it says. So grace, it's an offer of God's gift of grace. And with this comes the free gift of righteousness and eternal life, all known through faith in Jesus Christ. And this is where Paul, as we come into this last portion, this is where Paul summarizes it all for us. Eternal life known through Jesus Christ. So death through sin, life through grace, eternal life through Jesus Christ. Verse 18 says, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is a fact. One man's trespass led to condemnation for all. It is a fact, one righteous man's sacrifice or his act led to justification and eternal life to all who believe. Choose Adam and receive judgment and condemnation. Choose to remain in Adam. But choose Jesus and receive God's grace and justification. Justification is a word that quite simply means that as Jesus atoned for your sins, that the wrath of God was poured out upon him. That when we come into a saving, a, a salvific faith in Jesus Christ, we believe that he died for our sins, was buried, rose again on the third day. That he is the son of God who did this on our behalf. That when the father sees us, he sees us just as if we had never sinned. His blood covers us. His righteousness is imputed to us. And it's absolutely amazing. It is God's grace. And this is what we know in Christ our Lord. But we receive that this is a free gift of God. And it is his grace and his justification that we receive. Once more, the law did not bring death. Because remember, 
death existed between Adam and Moses. Through whom did the law come? Moses, right? And so we know that the law did not bring death, but it exposes sin in man and reveals the need for a Savior. That's why when we read, when we read the Scriptures, we read continuously God speaking to us saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And we see it expressed in such a way that it's undeniable. We see our need from Genesis to Revelation. We see our sin being exposed, and yet God had a plan of redemption for you and I before, before the foundations of the world. And he made a way for you and I to have a reconciled, redeemed, and a full relationship with the Father through the Son. Know the law and know when we sin. It is a safeguard, but listen to this. It is also a tutor who helps us in our growth in Christ. The very law itself. It, it reveals um, God's holiness. It reveals um, these, uh, these safeguards, these, uh, these rails that we can abide within and, and do so in great safety and live a life that more closely resembles the one who saved us. You know, R Romans uh, 7.13 says, Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin, producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. Uh, are that sin that we have come to know that is beyond measure is covered by an abounding grace that we have come to know through Jesus Christ. The law came to increase the trespass through the knowledge of the trespass that was already present. The flaws are exposed when the pure is known. That's why when you go to a jeweler, they'll take, uh, well, not this one maybe, but <clears throat> someone who's actually worth something They'll put a, uh, a nice Rolex watch, right? Submariner, those are pretty nice. Uh, put it on a, a black velvet backdrop. Um, if you're going to look at some diamonds, they'll put it down on a nice black velvet pad, right? You see, yeah, have you seen them do that? And, uh, and you see the brilliance of the diamond. Um, if you know how to look at diamonds, they, they give you a, a little... Um, uh, Magnifying glass, right? What are they called? <laughs> Microscope. No, it's not a mic. But to, what's, what's it called? What he said. <laughs> and you look at it and you can see it, but it's upon that backdrop of, of darkness. And so as we look at the law, the law is pure and it is holy. But our sins, as this is on the background... Our sins are placed before it. We see them clearly. That's good. Why? Because as that sin is exposed, we are able to acknowledge, confess, and repent of that sin. You know, 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us 
of all unrighteousness. It's at that moment to where that is revealed that we're able to do that. And we're only able to do that. And he's only able to forgive us of our sins because he is just. He's already taken care of those sins on the cross through Jesus Christ. You know, David Guzik said, quote, Only a sinless person acting on our behalf can save us. And it is fair for him to act on our behalf because another man put us in this mess by acting on our behalf. It would only be fair for another person to pay the penalty if I were guilty because of another person's work. And he did. Jesus Christ did. As sin reigned in death, grace reigns all the more. And grace reigns through righteousness and eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So death through sin, life through grace, eternal life through Jesus Christ. A person may think that where sin abounds, judgment and God's wrath would abound. Now, as we get to know the Lord, uh, we see how it is that he does discipline, he does bring wrath, he does judge the sin. He did so again, as I've said repeatedly this morning, that, that the Father did bring judgment upon our sin. But he poured his wrath upon Jesus Christ so that through his shed blood, all of our sins would be dealt with. He doesn't desire for you to have to deal with your own sin. But remember, it's a free gift. When, when you extend a, a, a free gift to someone, they, whether they believe it or not, right? I can't believe that you're giving this to me. They have one of two choices to make. They either freely receive or they freely reject. Right? That's all they could choose. Even not now is what? Is to reject. I, I, I don't want it right now. I, I'm not going to take it right now. But nonetheless, it is a free gift. But don't, don't fall asleep right now. Take that nooner later. Because this is important. If, if you have not come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, if there's no evidence of it in your life, in other words, if there's, if there's no fruit of salvation in your life, I'd pay close attention. Because it is because of that fruit that we know that we're in Christ. We're walking in that salvation that we have come to know in Jesus Christ. He's making the offer. He's offering it to you. Perhaps you've, you've trampled it underfoot, though. Perhaps you're here and you're lukewarm at best. You're what some would term as a, a backslidden Christian. You're a carnal Christian, whatever you want to call it. If you're not growing, you're, you're backsliding. It's one way or the other. And I would ask you to repent. I would ask you at this very moment to accept for those anyone here who has not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who has not repented of their sin, acknowledging that, asking God for forgiveness, and Jesus to be Lord and Savior, that today would be the day of salvation. Because he wishes that none should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God desires that all would come to faith in Jesus Christ and know his grace and righteousness. That everyone would have the hope of eternal life in God's glory. Know that where sin increased, grace abounded all the more and has the power 
to overwhelm sin because it is victorious over it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 56 and 57 says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is a law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Has the new come with you? Are you in Christ? Do you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt? What are your desires? Would you at this very moment forsake all to follow Christ? If the answer is no, then you might want to at this time really consider a repentance and crying out to the Lord to forgive you of your sins and receive Christ as Lord and Savior. Because if he's your Savior, he's also your Lord. May God's grace abound in you as you receive the free gift of God's forgiveness and righteousness through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I'll close with this, Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Father, <clears throat> we thank you that although we know that death came to all humanity through one man, Adam, eternal life and your grace, justification, was offered through Jesus Christ, who paid in full for our sin on the cross. I, I do ask, Lord, that you would bring a clear awareness, a, a deep conviction to anyone here who is walking in sin and who is uh, walking in compromise, lukewarm. Lord, I, I ask, Father, that you would convict them of their sin, Lord, but it, it's not to condemnation. I know that. Lord, you, you wish that none should perish. Lord, this very moment is no different. And so, Father, I ask that with that conviction, Lord, that there would be a willingness to confess, confess that to you and to turn from that sin and, and turn to you, being willing to forsake all because they have found that which is more valuable than anything this world has to offer. Lord, you offer your grace. You offer your righteousness. You offer redemption and the hope of eternal life. And so I pray and ask, Lord, I hope that that's what indeed is chosen this morning. And so, Father, we commit ourselves to you once more. We thank you for your word. We are truly grateful for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.